two, one. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jonathan Kogan Show. I'm your host, Johnny K. Unbelievable. Sorry, I couldn't get you an episode yesterday. Had some internet issues. Um, but we're here. We're back. And we're here to search for the truth. Apolitically. No bias. No political agenda. Just what is the truth? It seems like everything has been such an extreme lie for at least the past seven years. And now what just comes out is the Durham report, which says what I guess many people expected, but many people did not, like Rachel Maddow, MSNBC, CNN, pushing that Trump was a Putin puppet or there on behalf of Russia. This has nothing to do with liking Trump, not liking Trump, liking Biden. I'm not political. Okay, this has nothing to do with my feelings towards Trump. I don't trust him. I don't trust the elites. Period. Full stop. I don't care what their political affiliation. I don't trust any of them. Okay? They're all con artists. Now, back to the story. There was an agenda push for over three years on the airwaves every night. Now, this is before I even knew what was going on in the so-called political world, even though I'm apolitical. That's how you know I'm apolitical. I didn't even know what was going on. And they would push that Trump is this Russia hoax. And it just dropped that it was a fabricated hoax that came personally from Clinton, Hillary Clinton, okay? And uh, John Brennan, the CIA director, briefed Obama because this happened when Obama was in office. They all knew that none of this was real. They fabricated the whole thing and they pushed it to the mainstream media outlets. And for years, they told everybody, oh, there's this, there's that. None of it was real. There was no evidence, zero, none. They literally made it up. The Steele dossier, all that stuff, it was 100% fake. And then you go into the pandemic and then everything, all the lies we were told there. It's almost like everything that happens that's a major event is a lie, a distraction, a lie, a lie, a lie. How can anyone go to these same outlets and take information from them and believe it? Like, I still know people that accept that the information from people who are on those networks. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. That means you are emotionally tied to a certain political affiliation that you cannot detach yourself and just look at things, look at things objectively, at reality, apolitically, and just like what is truth, and then we can argue about stuff. But let's get the let's get the compass back on truth, okay? Right now we're pointing we're pointing on complete falsehoods and lies, or as the elites like to put it, disinformation. I mean, if you want to say disinformation, this is technically disinformation. I don't like those words. I don't trust them. But that's what this is. It was all fake. So I want to go through some of the quotes from the report, just in case you didn't read it, 300 pages. And I think Glenn Greenwald does the best job going through some of the uh, the highlights here. I was going to read them myself, but I'll just let him do it. Uh, so here's a few quotes from the report. This is from Durham's report that dropped yesterday, proving it was a Russia hoax that was fabricated by Hillary Clinton. This is just so damning. This is unbelievable. Just take a list for yourself. As quote, the office also considered as part of its investigation, the government's handling of certain intelligence that it received during the summer of 2016. This is now quoting from the report. That is John Durham defining the scope of his investigation. That intelligence concerned the purported, quote, approval by Hillary Clinton on July 26, 2016, of a proposal from one of her foreign policy advisors to vilify Donald Trump by stirring up a scandal claiming interference by the Russian security services. This was not an investigation that emanated from the FBI. This was a narrative, a campaign tactic that emanated 
from the Clinton campaign, which obviously had all sorts of vital connections to the senior leadership of the U.S. government under President Obama, who was still president during the 2016 election. Durham goes on, quote, we refer to that intelligence hereafter as the, quote, Clinton plan intelligence. Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe declassified the following information about the Clinton plan intelligence in September 2020 and conveyed it to the Senate Judiciary Committee. Quote, in late July 2016, U.S. intelligence agencies obtained insight into Russian intelligence analysis alleging that U.S. presidential campaign Hillary Clinton had approved a campaign plan, a campaign plan to stir up a scandal against U.S. presidential candidate Donald Trump by tying him to Vladimir Putin and the Russians' hacking of the Democratic National Committee. The intelligence community does not know the accuracy of this allegation or the extent to which the Russian intelligence analysis may reflect exaggeration or fabrication. But according to his handwritten notes, CIA Director John Brennan, now, of course, with NBC News, subsequently briefed President Obama and other senior national security officials on the intelligence, including, quote, the alleged approval by Hillary Clinton on July 26, 2016, of a proposal by one of her senior policy advisors to vilify Trump by stirring up a scandal, claiming interference by Russian security services. This is incredibly devastating, this finding, because it proves that this was not a legitimate law enforcement investigation, nor was it a legitimate intelligence investigation. It was cooked up as a campaign tactic by Hillary Clinton. And then that was briefed to President Obama and to CIA Director John Brennan, which means the highest levels of the government knew that it was Hillary Clinton's intention to concoct this false claim linking Donald Trump to the Kremlin and to try and claim that the Trump campaign participated with or conspired with or colluded with the Kremlin in their hacking of the DNC and John Podesta's email, essentially accusing them of a crime and then using the FBI, weaponizing the FBI to go off into an investigation, even though there was no basis under the law for launching that investigation that had only one purpose, a political one, to sabotage Trump's campaign. Now, there were people now, I don't understand where this is where I get so confused. Why are people unable to just see objective truth that it was all a lie? Who cares about who it's about, what the political party is? It doesn't matter. This is a massive lie. This is a massive lie. You have the chair of the uh, intelligence committee, Adam Schiff, saying he has indisputable proof that, that he's a Russian agent, that Trump is a Russian agent, that he's colluding with Kremlin, all based on a lie from the very beginning. They all knew 100% it was a lie that they were pushing this. They knew it. I mean, that is on such a massive scale. Like, technically, is that treason? Like, that's literally treason. You're saying the current president at that time, the current president of the United States, is colluding with a foreign adversary, and you have all this evidence, and all of that was fabricated by the opposite party, knowing it was a lie and pushed for years. It's been seven years since they pushed it, and this, this report just dropped. <coughs> this should upset everybody. This just, It doesn't matter your political affiliation or if you're apolitical like myself. It doesn't matter. This should be, You should be pissed. If you're an American... If you're in America, you should be furious that you have been lied to on the most massive scale. Like, that should be what you're upset about. Not like, oh, let's defend this party. Why can't people just take a step back, 
breathe and let their soul out and be like, okay, yes, it's all a lie. I've been lied to. I've been lied to for like seven years now, probably our whole lives, but we really noticed the past seven years. Okay, we're going to look for alternative media. We're going to look for truth. And, you know, we, we were fooled. It's okay. I made a mistake. And let's, you know, let's, you know, either find better people or, you know, just let's share this information so everybody doesn't say. There's people who fight, fight this truth. They don't want to hear it. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. I don't even know how else to describe it. So on that topic, I just watched an uh, interview with Whitney Webb, who is uh, on, on PBD podcast, Paul, uh, Patrick Bet David, who is probably the most knowledgeable person on the elites. She wrote One Nation Under Blackmail. Go listen to it. Go read it. About the elites, how they're all intertwined, the Chicago families like the Pritzkers, um, and how this has been, uh, you know, Operation Underworld is when the mob uh, uh, joined, uh, uh, like, into a partnership with the government. Uh, and basically they became like a superpower. And now our world is literally upside down, upside down. Everything that's good is actually bad. Everything is bad. It said it's good. Like it's unbelievable. And so they're talking about these elites and one of them's like Woody Allen, how he like raped his stepchild and all this craziness. And people look at him like, oh, he's a great, yeah, he's so artistic. He's fantastic. Let's praise him. But like he literally damaged little girls for their whole life. Epstein. Bill Gates, oh, he's so fantastic. Let's have him on the airwaves. He's so great. He hung out with Jeffrey Epstein like 45,000 times after he was convicted of being a pedophile. And we're like, these people are not only walking free, people are saying how great they are. They're fantastic. What is going on? What is going on? So this clip I found very moving. I don't know why. It's a two-minute clip. You tell me if you found it moving. But I just think it's really good. It got my emotions. Uh, and so they're talking about that topic. And uh, basically, is going to put up with this. So just take a listen, see if you get emotional. I get emotional. It's about like, you know, a minute in. Here we go. Is why are we allowing a government that signs off on this crap and, you know, an elite that want to go to a guy that does stuff like that for money so they can like, you know, uh, evade some taxes or, you know, make a couple millions or this and that they're willing to like co-sign this behavior for that. Why do the American people not get mad and enraged about it? I mean, it drives me crazy. Uh, one of the reasons I went and moved to South America is because, so I'm 33, a millennial. When I was, I left when I was in my early twenties because I knew about a bunch of crazy crap happening and everyone my age was like, I don't care as long as I have Netflix and beer. <laughs> And I mean, there's a lot of Americans that are still like that now, you know, and it, it's just so um, I don't know. I mean, it makes me really upset because, you know, I, I was really close to my grandparents. They loved this country so much. And if they only knew if they only knew about this stuff, I mean, I'm just glad they died before. God rest their souls. It's just so sad. That's 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 why I think you're inspiring a lot of other people that want to be like you. And well, you may not even like know I this. say, the first step is to get angry. Yep. So many Americans have been, you know, we're stimulated all this stuff with like these action movies and death mm -hmm. and sex and whatever. The first step is to like stop being so desensitized and and get angry and and outraged about what's happening. And what's happening to all, I mean, when you're talking about Epstein or like Woody Allen, these are kids. I mean, Dylan Farrow was seven, but court documents say he was sexually interested in her but time the between the ages of two and three. Three years old. This is a guy people call a great artist and parade around and defend. It's sick. And I mean, two adopted kids, they were, I mean, Suni Previn was his daughter too. There's pictures of them cuddling when they were, she was like eight or nine. And, and he marries her and nobody, nobody questions, nobody gives a damn. Yeah. 
Like, yeah, because, you know, oh, he's a great artist, blah, blah, blah. Well, Epstein was a great financier or whatever. So, you know, it, it doesn't matter. I'm it's unbelievable. When is enough is enough? I do this podcast for the peasants to come together. I don't understand what's taking so fucking long. It's absolutely insane. What do you, every, like people who are praising, oh, Hillary Clinton, she's so great. She's a terrible person. Anybody who's associated with that family gets shot 14 times in the face and then it's ruled a suicide. Like, what is going on? Like, wake up. Wake up. This is crazy. We are just walking into a totalitarian digital dictatorship and, like, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Everybody's cool with it. Okay, whatever. Keep me distracted and lock me in my home and force medical interventions on me and I'm cool. Like, what? Come on. Especially in America. If you're in other countries, respect. I love you. But in America, we are the land of the free. All right. Home of the brave. So, you know, that's what they say, at least. And our First Amendment is free speech. Now we got censorship all over the place and people are going along with it like they're going to be on the winning team. Are you out of your mind? You're a pawn. You're an idiot and a pawn. Or you're so brainwashed and can't disconnect to just see the upside down world that we live in. It's absolutely crazy. It's time to wake up. It's time to come together before things get so much worse. And it just doesn't have to be like this. It doesn't have to be like this. Like, for example, let's get into some other topics here. Daily Mail. One baby dies and eight are left in intensive care unit after being struck down an unusual cluster of usually harmless infection. 15 UK, UK newborns diagnosed with myocarditis from June 2022 to March 2023. One baby has died. Eight have been admitted to intensive care in a mysterious cluster of infections that's typically caused by a harmless virus. Myocarditis, inflammation of the heart, which we know is associated with other stuff. Like, are, seriously? They're just, it's just crazy. This is literally insane. Insane. Absolutely insane. You got in New York City, you got the mayor wanting to open back up Rikers Island to house illegal immigrants. And so they're going to work for cheaper than the Americans aren't going to have jobs. Especially when AI is taking away more jobs. It's crazy. And people are like, yeah, 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 this is great. We want it. We want asylum, but not on our grounds. You have people, you have people protesting. Yes, we want illegal aliens, but not where we live. We want illegal aliens, but now we're like, what? What is going on? This is just crazy. It's absolutely getting so insane. And people are going along with it. Just blow my mind. This is from Disclose.tv. New. From 2024, network operators in Germany will be allowed to limit electricity without the consent of their customers. And as you know, Germany is deindustrializing faster than any other country right now, at least in the West. And they shut down all their nuclear plants. Good luck next winter, Germany. Good luck. And people are okay with this. Electricity rationing, even against the will of the end customer, will come starting in 2024. And don't forget, they're telling you to your face. You're just not listening. Macron told everybody, you got it. Just, you, you, you know, the, the age of, uh, of, of abundance of having a lot is over. In the UK, their central bank economist says, you got to accept that you're poor. And then the Fed just jacking up rates, collapsing countries all around us, and just going to destroy the economy. In fact, I'm going to give a plug right now. I'm reading a book. I'm halfway through, almost halfway through it. It's on the screen if you're looking, but I'll read it. It's called Hidden Repression, How the IMF and World Bank Sell Exploitation as Development by Alex Gladstein. And the forward is by Jeff Booth. This book, it's short and sweet. Very important. I'm going to do, do 
probably one or maybe several podcasts on how we have been tricked into what the IMF and World Bank actually do. It's actually a modern day colonialism. People who are all against it, that's what they do. They get the, the developing countries in so much debt. So much debt. Like I think it's Indonesia. I could be wrong with that. It's like 93 where they can't pay it back and that's intentional. And then they do these structural adjustment adjustments, structural adjustment. Okay. And basically what that means is we dictate what your economy does. We want lower wages. We want you to ban, you know, dissident voices. Uh, we want to uh, make sure that you focus on exports so the Western countries can stay rich and you don't have, and you don't have enough money to focus uh, internally on your own people and then make sure that they work for like a dollar a day. If that, and don't worry, we'll line the pockets with the elites in that country, the political class. It's insane on right now. And people are walking around either just droning through life like everything's fucking okay when things are off the rails. And if people don't wake up, I, where's this going to go? I, I, I got it here. Here. Let me, let, me, let me just burst the bubble. The ending isn't good, okay? The ending isn't good unless the peasants come together. Then the ending could be phenomenal. Okay. And don't forget the elites have tried this many times in history, many great things. Like this is the great reset. Okay. But this is the great resist, the great resistance. Okay. We are leaving. We are not accepting this. I can't, but you have people like BlackRock saying on camera in your face that they're going to force you to do it. They're forcing behavior. They're forcing everything to happen. Remember this clip from Larry Fink. Here we go. New York times is on deal book. Listen to what Doug. You feel nice and toasty inside. Well, behaviors are going to have to change, and this is one thing we're going to, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors, and at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. Well, that's great. That's great. BlackRock forcing behavior. Yeah, because nobody wants this shit. Okay, nobody wants it. Okay, nobody wants to be in some totalitarian one-world government bullshit. Okay, nobody wants it. That's why they can't sell you on the truth. That's why everything's upside down. They have to sell you a lie until it's too late. And this has been going on forever, forever. And I'll probably do a podcast on this, but to show you how long this corruption has been going on, do you even know anything about William Reich and the Oregon accumulator? So basically this controversial doctor, William Reich, father of Oregon energy, also is chi or life energy, the science of organomy, I think it's called. So he discovered this energy and create a based on Sigmund Freud's, um, uh, theories of neurosis in humans, and he believed that he can cure cancer and, and cure traumatic experiences with the natural flow of life energy in the body, blah, 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 right? So he had created the system, the first device to accumulate organ energy, a six-sided box constructed of alternating layers of organic materials to attract energy and metallic materials to radiate the energy toward the center of the box. Patients would sit inside the accumulator, absorb the organ energy through their skin and lungs, and okay. And then they started doing propaganda against them, how it's a cult, how it's, how it's terrible. And then in 1954, the FDA issued a complaint about an injunction against Reich, charging that he had violated the Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act by delivering misbranded and adulterated devices in, in interstate commerce and by making false and misleading claims. All right? Two years later, William Reich was in jail for contempt of the injunction. The conviction, the conviction based on the actions of an associate who did not obey the injunction and still possessed an accumulator. On November 3rd, 1957, William Reich died in his jail cell of heart failure. In his last will and testament, William Reich ordered that his works be sealed for 50 years in hopes that the world would someday be a better place to accept his wondrous machines. 
This has been going on for a long time. The corruption of these institutions, the FBI, the CIA, any three letter, pick any, any one of them. Okay. In the U S and if you're in another country, then you guys are controlled by the IMF and the world bank. All right. It ain't any better. It's crazy. And like, they just, they want it. They want people to not look at the truth by calling the people who tell the truth, anti-Semitic, right? We an extremist, uh, you know, uh, white supremacist, you know, that's, a, that's what this podcast is. We're huge white supremacists. We're, Huge anti-Semitic because I'm Jewish, so I'm very anti-Semitic, and uh, uh, and and we're whatever we're oh we're very white wing right wing extremists even though we're apolitical. It's insane. And so you mentioned something about George Soros and you're anti-Semitic, but I play uh, an interview on 60 Minutes, which I played on this podcast. Go search for that episode of in 1998, I believe, of George Soros saying, "Yeah, I confiscated from the Jews. Yeah, I went around with another Nazi and and I took inventory of the Jews of all the stuff we took from the Jews. Yeah." Did you feel shame? No. Did you feel guilt? No. No, he was totally fine. Nope. Don't talk bad about him, though, otherwise you're anti-Semitic. This is from Politico. In August of 2016, George Soros' quiet overhaul of the U.S. justice system. It's a whole article about how he's taking over the DAs, the district attorneys, and reforming the justice system by letting criminals out on the street. It's in Politico in 2016. But now you can't mention his name. You're anti-Semitic. You're a terrible person. If you call out that Soros literally helped the Nazis confiscate belongings from the Jews. Okay, I'm Jewish, and that is really offensive and bad. And you're defending this guy? People are defending this guy from taking my people's belongings and taking inventory of them? And you're calling me anti-Semitic for calling him out on his corruption and bullshit and anti-Semitism? He's the anti-Semite. Like everything is opposite. Pretty much everything is almost 100% opposite. We got to get down to the foundation of truth. And we, we are running out of time because AI is about to generate all the content on the internet by 2024. So we are really running out of time. So please share this. Please share this podcast. Share with 47 people, okay? Share with people in different countries. Maybe they'll share with someone. Maybe they'll share with someone. Maybe we could figure out some chain reaction thing where it just gets shared, 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 shared. And then all of a sudden, we have a community on the network of the internet. And then, boom, in the future, we can get a physical location together and build a community based on love, okay? Not on hate and pedophilia and, and, and big pharma. No, 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 no. No, based on love, based on kindness, based on everything that we're supposed to do as humans. Wake up, all right? Please share this. Please subscribe to John the Kogan Show wherever you get your podcasts. And also give it a five-star review on Spotify or podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. It would really help. I'll read the review anytime I get one. And subscribe on Rumble and YouTube. And I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.